Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bring the Vegas gaming experience to the palm of your hand. Bet your favorite team, try your luck in a casino, or our poker room. The earliest sports lines and the biggest limits online. Lots of deposit options. Bet on live events as they happen. The next play, the next score. Get winnings fast or roll them into a parlay and win even more. Visit Bet Online today and see what millions of customers have experienced for over 20 years. I want to hear cannons. Snap for Brady. Brady looking, Brady looking. He may run. Brady has got a hurdle. He's got a first down inside the 25, and he slides at the 22. He got him. He's fired up. Tom Brady runs for a first down. Here's the snap. Brady hands the ball off, running to the left. His Fournette inside the 25. Stiff arm to the 20. On his feet to the 15, 10. 5-3-2-1. Touchdown, Leonard Fournette. Touchdown, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Wow, is that the dagger? I hope so with 20 seconds left. This is the big nasty. Yeah, big nasty. Hall of Fame Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tempe Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo! And there are the cannons coming. Fire them. Keep on firing them. Keep on firing them. What is up, Bucks fans, and welcome back to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Live on YouTube today with some Tampa Bay Buccaneer news. I'm your host, Rhett Matthew. Joined alongside me, as always, my good buddy and co-host, the Philly Bucks fan himself from BucksNation.com, Mr. Evan Wanish. How are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing quite well. And um, the first really little bit of actual news that we've gotten from the Bucks in, in quite a while. So I, yeah. I think really since since the draft, really. Well, it seems like we've been sitting around waiting for a couple of guys to get re-signed. Rob Gronkowski is always a topic. We spent a lot of time talking about that on the last podcast. We also spent some time talking about Indama Katsu. Those were like the two big names that everybody mm-hmm. said, well, you know, it's time to either shit or get off of the pot when it comes to these guys. Like Gronk, it's hard to imagine this Bucks offense with Tom Brady there in 87, not playing, but in Damakasu, we spent a lot of time talking about some other guys the Bucks could target. And when you talk about improving the defensive line, I think a move like the one that they just made today is a really good way of doing that. Uh, some people consider it a lateral move. We're going to break down why I think it is an upgrade. But basically, if you were not caught up by now, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers agreed to terms with former Chicago Bears defensive lineman Akeem Hicks. It is a one-year deal worth up to $10 million. Now, that's just what we've heard. There is no contract that has been signed yet. They have agreed to terms. So void years, incentives, what they are, all of that is still yet to come. But the fact that the guy, uh, but the fact that the Bucks are able to get a guy like this, I know injuries have hindered him a little bit these past couple of years, but I think he's got better pass rush chops than uh, Ndamukong Sue, and he's a whole three years younger, which believe it or not, at the defensive line position is certainly important, but uh, I, I really like this signing. Your thoughts, your first impressions on Akeem Hicks in Tampa Bay. Well, I mean, honestly, you know, it, it was a bit of a surprise, uh, um, just kind of out of the blue, right? Uh, you know, kind of out of the blue, and you're, you're right. I think you hit the nail you know, around the head where, um, 
you know, he he's an effective player when healthy, and we will get into what he brings and everything like that. But um, yeah, as far as this deal, it's important. Yes, the worth up to ten million. That's how Adam Schefter, who broke the news, that's how he had tweeted it. So doesn't mean it's ten million dollars, and this cap hit isn't going to be ten million dollars. So for a lot of people wondering, I've seen a few people. Oh, does this leave them room for like Rob Gronkowski, or does this leave room for another addition? While you know, we'll talk about whether another outside addition not named Rob Gronkowski is likely or not. Um, it shouldn't really affect it that much because his cap hit won't be $10 million. Like his cap hit will be lower than that. So uh, we don't know all the details yet. Uh, that'll be coming out within you know the next few days or so. But we're, what we know now is it's a one-year deal. I think it's good for both sides. Akeem Hicks is 32 years old. He's looking to join a contender. Uh, and I think both sides sort of got what they wanted. He's more of a... I wouldn't really compare him to Nadamakan Sue as a player, like a player comp, but uh, you know, you could say he's going to play the same position. And he also brings a little bit more pass rush juice, I think, than Adamkin Sue. So while Sue may be a bit better at stopping the run, I think Akeem Hicks brings a bit more pass rush juice. And uh, Bruce Arians at the Combine had mentioned that they wanted to get better at pass rush in the interior, more specifically, uh, they wanted to get better. there, more explosive there. And I do believe they had interest in bringing Sue back. It's not like they just said, Hey, like, you know, you're done. I think they really had interest. I just think when they weighed the pros and cons, uh, and with the price tags, I don't know what Sue's price tag is. It's probably around something similar to what Hicks got. Uh, when, when they weighed that, they decided that Hicks, you know, was the better move. And the way Ndamukong Sue has kind of navigated his contracts throughout his career, this obviously cannot be true. I, I don't have an inside source on anything, but I want to believe that when it comes to negotiating Sue's contract, the incentives are not going to be as easy to come by. Like, I don't I don't know if Ndamukong Sue is going to take a two or three million dollar a year contract. Not to say that that's what they're paying Hicks, but like, I don't even know if he's going to take her four or five million year contract if there are incentives added on to that. You know what I'm saying? Like it. It seems like he's going to be 35 years old. We've talked plenty about how he's a guy approaching the end of his career. And at this point, he kind of just wants to, you know, get paid. And uh, you've said it more than anybody else in this podcast. The Bucks have had a little bit of a habit overpaying him. And I just don't know if that's what they wanted to do this time, especially since there are some other positions that could still use some signings. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's not my complaint with the Dominican Sue was never about the actual player. It was that I just didn't know if he was worth what he was getting. Um, I mean, he was a productive player for them for three seasons, a, a quiet three seasons, really. Um, it, you wouldn't think that he was with the team for three years, but, but here we are. Uh, and, you know, honestly, I figured he would come back. Uh, but like I said, the Bucks wanted something different. They didn't win the Super Bowl last year in part because their interior pass rush and their outside pass rushes as well, it could not get home to Matthew Stafford in that divisional round game. So Stafford had all day to throw. And with the Bucks' offense being as banged up as it was, they needed a defense to step up and a defense while they were able to step up with some turnovers in the end, they got down 27 to three. And part of that was the defense's fault. And they're hoping to get more pass rush from the interior. They re-signed Will Golson. Obviously we know he's not really a pass rush specialist. Uh, I could see Hicks uh, 
you know, being sort of a rotational type piece, more on passing downs, but it, it is a passing league now. So it might be depending on team, right? When you're playing the Rams, Hicks may play more. When you're playing a team like the Bucks, don't play this team. But if you're playing a team like the Titans, maybe Hicks doesn't play as much. But uh, it's also important, I think, to uh, sort of talk about the role that Logan Hall now plays uh, because now his role is reduced, and I think it's a good thing. Uh, Joe Tryon's role was reduced last year, and I think that was a good thing. Doesn't need to come in and play 70, 80% of the snaps. And like I said, I, I think that is a good thing. I, I like Logan Hall. I do think if Logan Hall needed to, he could have started from day one. And I think he would have been fine. But as far as development goes, I think this is probably the best path for him. Sort of string him along here a little bit, right? Let him get his feet wet. Let him get a lot of, he'll get snaps, but he's not asked to do so much and be really the lone guy on that interior who's going to provide pass rush because Vita Vea, you know, everybody loves him. He's not a pass rusher. Will Golston is not a pass rusher. So if you were just relying on a rookie to do most of the, the pass rush abilities from the interior, I don't know how that would have worked. Now with Hicks in the fold, you can do a bit more, a different couple of different formations and Hall doesn't have to take on as much of a responsibility. I know you talked about Vita Vea isn't necessarily a pass rusher, and that's true. We talk a ton about him opening up lanes for other guys, but with Hicks having a little more pass rush ability to his game, I got to tell you, Todd Bowles loves to roll out a bunch of different fronts, five-man fronts. Sometimes we'll see everybody get down on the line and two guys drop back into coverage who you did not see drop back. I get, You know what? I guarantee you, I'm not a betting man normally, so I'm not going to put any money on this, but I guarantee you at some point this season – we're going to see Akeem Hicks drop back into coverage. Like probably, probably. I mean, it's, Sue it's did. So if, if, he, if he's playing Sue's role, right. You know, right. But, <laughs> but I mean, the defensive front that I am looking forward to the most, and I wanted to take a second and talk about, I think the new life behind this defensive line going into the 22 season, I want to see Vita Vea line up next to Akeem Hicks. Like that's that, I, that's what everybody here wants to see, right? When you have got, I don't know, 650, 700 pounds of football player in the middle of your defensive line. I mean, good luck running on the Bucks this year. Good luck running on the Bucks anytime over the last few years. But with Akeem Hicks there, just opening another door for this pass rush. Joe Tryon getting younger at that outside position. And uh, our buddy NFL got in the live chat brought up Shaq Barrett. Maybe we can speak to his expectations now. But I am excited to watch this defensive line. I feel like they've just gotten a, a lot better shedding off some of the pieces that clearly weren't serving them late in the season last year. Yeah. And, you know, some of that was, you know, I, I don't know how healthy Jason Pierre-Paul was towards the end. Uh, of course, Vita Vea suffered an injury against Washington. So he came back, but was he at a hundred percent? Who knows? Um, you know, and, and I think I'm glad that the Bucks recognized this is kind of, I, uh, kind of uh, an interesting point that I've always had the mindset of, and I even had after they won the Super Bowl. Returning all 22 stars was great. Like, sure. Like, th th that's good. Like, yeah, a team won the Super Bowl. Duh. When you do that, though, the, the word complacency comes to mind. And I'm not saying all those players were complacent. However, when you add a player like Hakeem Hicks, when you add a player like Logan Ryan, when you add a Russell Gage, a Keanu Neal, those players are coming in. They're just a bit more hungry. 
you know, and I'm not saying that the Bucks right now aren't hungry. I'm not saying that they don't want to win a championship. Trust me. You know, they do. I'm just saying that I think the, the fresh blood, you know, a, you know, like scenario about this whole thing. I, I think that's encouraging. I, I think the Dominican suit coming back. Sure. It would have been fine. But I think the fresh blood along the defensive line with now Logan Hall and Akeem Hicks. And honestly, I don't think they will, but I still think they should sign a, a cheap veteran outside linebacker just for, for more depth. I don't think they will, but I like the, the fresh blood aspect of these players haven't been here, but guess what? You know, they're hungry. They're ready to prove themselves and they came here to win. Yeah. I'm not saying the players already on the roster don't want to win, but it's just something different about coming in and bringing in new pieces. It's the NFL. It's a business. You're going to get bring pieces in and pieces are going to go out. That happens all the time. And I like that the Bucks acknowledge that and got not just depth pieces from other teams, significant pieces like Russell Gage and Akeem Hicks and traded for Shaq Mason. All those three, those three guys, they're, they're starters. You know, like they're going to play significant roles for this team. If this team wants to win a championship, all three of those guys are going to play well. So I like that the, the Bucks are, are having that approach. Yeah. Now, this next guy, I don't know. Well, I, I know for sure that he doesn't necessarily fit your fresh blood regime here. Uh, but I did want to get your two cents on this. We mentioned him last week, but I wanted to talk a little bit more. We talk about some extra additions they could make, some guys who are still unsigned and some guys who could be brought back for cheap. And I say brought back because, you know me, man, I really like Carl Nassib. I don't know if he's going to be used as an outside linebacker in this defense because he's fucking huge. He's like six four, six five, and that would he would he would. I mean, he yeah, was already he'd be, in top. he'd be a standing was, outside linebacker. Yeah, he was already in top bowls of scheme in twenty nineteen. So okay, yeah, that's fair. Um, that's fair. I I don't I just think they like Anthony Nelson too much, and I think those two players are a bit too similar. Somebody so. had actually mentioned I don't know if it was on Twitter or somewhere else, but you know the Bucks did bring in Anthony Nelson to kind of replace Carl Nassib, and. You know, I, I, I kind of get the uh, the point of view you're talking about there. You still want to see a guy like that go out there and succeed. I'm sure the Bucks still have a good amount of faith in him, considering he is a Jason like draft pick. So, yeah, man, I, I'm just I am incredibly excited about what this means. But we've spent a lot of time talking about Akeem Hicks uh, as we kind of wrap things up on him. Let's talk about his health issues. Uh, it, yeah. We can talk about his productivity before his injuries really started to get him, I think it's been like the last two seasons they've really been bugging him. He's managed to get seven sacks over the last two years, but before that, he was averaging seven, eight sacks a season. Like, this guy was a monster for Chicago, and if I remember correctly, uh, he sacked Ryan Fitzpatrick when the Bucks played in 2018 up there in Chicago. So 2016 to 2018, that three-year stretch, uh, Key Mix actually made the Pro Bowl in 2018. That was his lone Pro Bowl season. Um, technically, I guess you could say he's a Tom Brady guy because he spent a little bit of time in New England. So uh, before, yeah, like heading, a cup of a cup of coffee in 2015, yeah, but, but before heading to Chicago. Um, so. He played 2016, 2017, and 2018 were his three best years in Chicago. And I mean, like, best, like, one of the best defensive linemen, like, in football. Um, seven sacks in 2016, eight and a half sacks in 2017, and seven uh, and a half sacks in 2018. Now, remember, that is from the interior. That is not a... Um, outside linebacker position. That's not a blitzing linebacker. And then... It started to tail off, 
because the injury. So after he makes the Pro Bowl in 2018, turns 30 years old, and he only plays in five games in 2019. The next season, he plays in 15 games, is three and a uh, three and a half sacks. Good, right? Okay, all right. I, you know, at the, I don't know if you can expect eight sacks from a key mix, but you know, three and a half, whatever. And then last year, nine, nine games played, three and a half sacks again. That's really good numbers. If you can, you know, nine games, three and a half sacks. But it's clear that out, two out of the last three seasons, um, injuries have hurt him. He hasn't played a full season since 2018 was his Pro Bowl year. So, yeah, I mean, the, the injuries are obviously – and that, there's a reason that on May 31st that he was still available, right? Like, if, if there was no issues and no concerns – somebody probably would have signed them for much more money, right? Like if there were no concerns, there's obviously some type of concerns here, but that's the risk you take. And I think the Bucks are willing to take that risk because if this guy, if he can play not even all games, if he can play 14, 15 games and be healthy for those games, I think you are looking at a guy who can routinely impact the game on the defensive line. It just so happens that the injuries are something you're going to have to keep an eye on. And especially as he gets older now, I believe he turns uh, 33 in November. I think if if that serves me right. Um, as he gets older, those injuries, they might linger. So uh, you never know, but that's always the risk that you got to be willing to take. Ndamukong Sue, I know a lot of people have brought this up even in the past few days. Ndamukong Sue hasn't missed a game, and I don't even remember how long, what the stat was. But, you know, so the Bucks got a less dependable uh, player here, right, in Hicks. But I think a player with a bit more ceiling in terms of what he can give you on the pass rush. And I think that's the most important. We know they can stop the run. Like we know the Bucks can stop the run. Will they be number one? I don't know. Maybe they they weren't number one last year, but it didn't really seem to matter. Like we know they're always going to be as long as they have the guys like Vita Vea, Levante, David, uh, Will Golson. They're going to be a good run stopping team. That wasn't the issue. The issue was they couldn't get enough pass rush from their interior. That's what they're hoping Hicks brings. But the injuries are something you're going to have to keep an eye out for. Oh, yeah, 100%. So we look at that rotation of D tackles on this team now. Guys like Vita Vea, Will Golston, Hicks, of course, in there now, Logan Hall, and Rakeem Nunez Roches holding it down in the middle of the line of scrimmage. So that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. As we take a look at another position group that the Bucks still could add to, I, I don't know if I want to talk about some guys that they could add because we did that a whole lot last week, but. I want to get your thoughts on this. Who's one in that fourth wide receiver spot? You got guys like Tyler Johnson, Scotty Miller, Jalen Darden still, eh, I guess. Surreal Grayson, of course, still in there. But let's take a look at the offense now. And uh, yeah, let's talk about this because this is also something pretty interesting. I know I said last week I'm tired of talking about the wide receivers, but for now, let's just talk about the ones that are still on the team and that number four wide receiver spot as we get closer and closer to training camp, 100 days away from NFL football. Your thoughts on the uh, wide receiver for competition? Yeah, I think it's probably Brashad Perryman's to lose. Um, just heading yeah, I can't believe camp. I didn't even mention him there. Um, I think it's probably his to lose. Now, I do think guys like Tyler Johnson, Jalen Darden, like they can have shots. Um, I think even a guy like Scotty Miller, like they'll get shots um, to do that. I just... 
I'm a big Tyler Johnson fan, right? Like I like Scotty Miller. I really like Jalen Darden, but like I'm kind of a prove to me that you can, right? Like prove it. Um, I'm not going to rely on you suddenly becoming a productive player when you haven't done that quite yet. So uh, yeah, prove it to me that you can and sure. Um, I'm not saying that those guys can, it wouldn't shock me if any of those guys uh, ended up being the, the wide receiver four. But I think right now, as it stands, and we have an entire training camp and entire preseason to go through, uh, right now, as it stands, I, I would think Rashad Perry would probably be the, the most likely um, the most likely guy. I wanted to answer a, a question in the chat by Charles Jansen. He um, mentioned, and we're going to go back to the defensive line really fast, and then we'll talk about a few other things. But uh, he said, if Sue doesn't get signed, do you see him being brought back by the Bucks if injuries happen? Now, that would likely mean sometime in training camp or during the season. The unfortunate part is I think now that the Bucks have signed Hicks, I think Sue will be moving on rather quickly. Um, there was a report that the Raiders had interest in Sue. I think that makes sense. There was a few whispers about Cleveland. That could make sense. So I think that by the time the Bucks would have to make that decision and could make that decision where let's say Will Golston goes down and he's going to miss five or six weeks. Hopefully not, but you know, let's say that scenario. Um, I don't think Sue will be available uh, at, at that point. So I just, I don't think that that's possible. Um, and and uh, to, to back off of you know, Willie's point, um, hard decisions will have to be made at wide out in August. Yeah. They're, Probably going to be letting some pretty good ones go. Um, they already did let some, one go today. Uh, Travis Johnson was a wide receiver who spent some time on the practice squad. The, the, the Bucks liked him. Uh, he he spent, was arrested. Spent some time in county this morning as <laughs> well. Did. Don't forget to mention that. <laughs> He did not not this morning, yesterday morning. He was oh, okay, okay, okay. He, he was um he was arrested Monday or early, early Monday morning uh for a DUI. So Todd Bowles had said that uh today he said that there's no longer with the team. So that's another, you know, it was another guy who could have maybe stood out. But um, you know, yeah, that wide receiver competition will be interesting. I, will they carry six? Maybe because if they carry six, you can do Perryman, Darden, and then one of Miller or Johnson would have to go like, uh, you know, I, I don't like, I, when you're picking between Scotty Miller and Tyler Johnson, I got to believe Johnson's going to get the edge there. I, I would think so. Yeah, but I, I, I just, know people I really know. like Scotty Miller. Like, don't get me wrong. I know people love Scotty Miller, especially the new Patriots fans that just started watching a couple of years ago. But the yeah, fact, I mean, he's joining. He's joining Alma two point. Right, you would think. You would think Scotty was like wide receiver two on this team. The way some people talk about him. With all due respect to Scotty Miller, we will never forget his heroics right before halftime in the NFC Championship game to basically put away Green Bay in Lambeau. That was one of the best plays from that playoff run. I think the best play from the playoff run, the most impactful for sure. But uh, I don't know, man. I, I yeah, he. Somebody said it in the chat, but he is a one trick pony Uh, towards the end of the season in 2021. I remember vividly he got a few more targets than usual. Obviously, the injuries will do that. But one of the things that the bucking uh, the Bucks coaching staff has said these past few years, I know Bruce Arian said this as well. You want to see him make like the gritty catches, right? You know, contested catches with Scotty Miller aren't going to be. um 
as frequent because yes. I don't think Tom Brady's going to be throwing them to a guy who is five foot nothing. <laughs> Uh, but when he did get those chances, he really didn't make the most of them. And it's kind of unfortunate because he is known for just running fast. And you got a lot of guys in that wide receiver room who can do that and more. So when you look at the skill set of Tyler Johnson, who hasn't shown us a lot of good, he did have the most impactful catch of the game, though, in that playoff run against New Orleans. But like, that's what he's known for. But when you look at the skill set, when you're comparing the two players, it's clear that Johnson has a little bit more to offer at this point. With with Scotty, he's reached the point in his career where you know what he's got. He's not as shiny and new anymore. Right. It's um, and I don't know. Maybe they look to trade him. Maybe who knows? Uh, I I doubt you know. I doubt you want to just cut him, right? I, I doubt you want to lose him for nothing. I mean, he's a he's a he could be a player. He could be a wide receiver five, a wide receiver six on some teams, but on this particular team, it's just it, tough sledding. Um, you know, it, it's tough sledding. So obviously you talk about, you know, the things that people can do. Tyler Johnson, while he has had issues route running and, and catching the ball and focusing, he, he can block um, better than Miller. And then Jalen Darden, well, I know he's he's getting a a lot of oh he's getting a ton of love chat. He's getting he's getting a ton of love. He's getting a lot of hate in the chat right now. Um, he the yes, I understand he hasn't done much. However, he was a fourth round pick. They traded up to get him. He's only had one year, and he has a role. He is the kick slash punt returner. Is he good at it? He wasn't good last year, but he has a role. So I don't know if, you know, they tried Scotty Miller out at that a little bit in in camp last year. I think a little bit in the preseason, but not much in regular season. Um, They clearly like Darden for that. So I I just I I don't see Darden being the guy going Um, and they're hoping he can make a a leap there. So the wide receiver uh, competition will be interesting to see. Uh, Let's get into one more and technically two more things, I guess, before we head out. Uh, A lot of people uh, have talked about Gronkowski. Uh, it's, it's status quo with him until you hear he's, he's either resigning or he's retiring. There's not going to be any news. Uh, we won't have anything different to say about Rob Gronkowski. Uh, this, this signing doesn't impact Gronkowski really at all. Uh, the, the, this, the, this signing doesn't impact that. Like we talked about with the void years or the incentives, the cap, it's not going to be $10 million for a King mix. So, um, it, it doesn't impact that. If Gronkowski wants six million dollars, the, the Bucks can make that work. I'm not saying that the, what he wants, but that's not the the money isn't an issue. Uh, but real quick, the last thing I wanted to talk about is something that I think is probably unlikely. But um, you know, there are still a ton, a ton of free agents out there. When you look at the list you can recognize a lot of the names out there right now as we head into June. Um, I wouldn't expect the Bucks to add really much else in terms of like significant pieces besides Gronkowski. Um, maybe a depth piece here or there, maybe who knows. Um, but what do you think? Do you think that, you know, the, the Bucks could add somebody. Do you think it'd just be depth? I, you know, like I said, I, I think you're looking likely that the last big addition is Rob Gronkowski. And then maybe, you know, you sign like an outside linebacker who is like in the league for seven years. He's been on four teams or something like, you know, just some random depth guy. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm kind of under the impression that 
you know, either Sue or Gronk was going to be the last big signings we had heard about that everybody gets super stoked for. Um, we know that Sue is probably going to move on. So that question has been answered. The defensive line has been addressed, kind of just waiting on Gronk right now. But outside of that, no, I, I agree with you. I think it's going to be mostly depth from this point forward. I mean, if you put Scotty Miller in a trade situation, I'm curious what that could look like, because obviously they can still uh, trade. That would, that would probably be, yeah, it'd probably be like a seventh round pick. Right, but it's it's not like you're getting a, a ton of depth for those guys. So I, I think, you know, as far as we uh, as far as looking ahead at what this team is going to look like week one, 2022 season, I think we're as close as we're going to get. But yeah, I, I mean. I don't know. Things could obviously change. This Bucks team has sure surprised us a hell of a lot over these last few years. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. So, um, you know, and Tony, Tony Baloney in the chat brings up no one is trading for Scotty. And you may be right. I mean, I don't know. But uh, that's why I brought up really the seventh round pick. A lot of times if teams really like a guy and they hear that, uh, you know, the Bucks could be cutting him do teams want to just give up a seventh round pick in 2023 or 2024 and say, okay, we got him," Or do they want to wait for the bucks to cut them? And then they have to compete with 31 other teams, you know, to like, so that that's the, that's the reasoning why you see some of those guys be traded um, in that instance. So maybe it's like a swap. Maybe the bucks send Scotty Miller and a seventh to somebody for a sixth or something like that. Um you know, that that's in that scenario, it's just teams don't want to compete with other teams if they really like a guy. So you just you give up a late round draft pick and there it is. So um, it wouldn't surprise me if that happens. I don't know how likely it is. Like I said, we have an entire training camp to go through and preseason. So there is still a lot that can happen. Um, injuries can pop up. Different scenarios can pop up, you know, and we'll have to wait and see how it all plays out. Um, obviously, the Bucks won't have likely won't have Chris Gowan for the first few weeks of the season. How does that impact their decision making? We won't know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, for now. You know, this Bucks team appears ready to roll. I wouldn't expect much more uh, additions besides Rob Gronkowski if he decides to come back and play. If he doesn't, however, I will say this. If he decides, uh, like, I'm done, like, you know, this is it for me, I would actually expect them to add, and I'm not sure what the list is. I know it's probably not a pretty list. I would expect them to add a, a a tight end, like another like veteran tight end. So that could be an addition if Rob Gronkowski were to say, uh, like, I'm done. Uh, but other than that, I, I think this Bucks team is pretty much ready to roll. And with the signing of Akeem Hicks, I mean, it bolsters the defensive line if he can stay healthy. Now, short podcast today. I'm not going to lie to you guys. <laughs> For a couple of reasons. One, uh, we didn't expect to do a podcast today. The signing of Akeem Hicks got us excited. Wanted to jump on here and talk about it. Of course, give you all the latest Buccaneer news. But also, because we are planning another mailbag show with former Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback, Sean King. And uh, obviously, if you're still listening to the podcast at this point, we really do appreciate you. For our folks listening live, you'll be the first to know that uh, it may or may not be a weekly segment this season having Sean King on for the cannon fire mailbag. So simply put, we'll keep you updated as more details come out, but uh, our next podcast should be another mailbag with coach Sean King. So send us your questions, get a hold of us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are cannon fire podcast. 
You can tweet at us. You can DM us on Instagram or you can send us an email. I mean, I, I don't know if we're going to do pigeon letters at this point, but you can send us an email. Canifierpodcast at gmail.com. Your bucks, questions, takes and more. And uh, yeah, that should be a fun show. But let's wrap things up with a pretty fun update from OTAs today. So we know the Bucks are back in the facility. They've been there working out. Tom Brady is there sometimes. It doesn't seem like he's been there uh, week two, week three of OTAs, but that's okay. They're, they're, they're not mandatory just yet. I think that, right. that might I mean, be next hey, week. I think they're mandatory. It meant a lot to me that he showed. I mean, it meant a lot to more <laughs> than just me, but it meant a lot to a ton of people that Tom decided to show up for that first week because I think uh, – one of the coaches, I think Clyde Christensen had said he kind of hoped he didn't show up for OTAs that first week. So he had more time with guys like Blaine Gabbert and Kyle Trask. But Tom was there week one, but actually at a camp today. Warren Sapp, Buccaneers legend, big 99, the QB killer, whatever you want to call him. He was out there today working it up with the defensive line. And uh, when they talked to Todd Bowles about it, he basically just said him and Sapp have a really good relationship. All the coaches were really excited about it. And when you can get a fresh perspective talking to these guys especially younger guys like logan hall um you know you get a a fresh perspective not only that it's a fresh perspective from a guy who's been there before and and who did it better in the middle of that defensive line than a guy like warren Sapp. but that's really cool and i think that's one of those things that definitely means a lot to logan hall and uh even joe tryon shoyinka over there at the outside linebacker position but yeah, there's a lot of hype around this defensive line right now. A hell of a lot more than there was two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, I am I'm excited to see the defensive line. I hope that they are able to bring the interior pass rush that I feel like the, the defense has been missing. So um, Adam Davies brings up the big golf match coming up. Oh, yeah, uh, man. Who's If anybody's watching it, it's going to be tomorrow. Uh, if you're listening to this a few days, then it doesn't matter. But uh, we recorded this on May 31st. So the match is Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers versus Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. It's going to be played June 1st, which is tomorrow. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll watch a little bit of it. it it's always it's always funny uh, to, to see to see Brady um, to, to see, you know, I, just, I mean, not not just Brady, just non-traditional golfers just joke around. Charles Barkley right. will likely be there joking around. Um, I, I, you know, I, I like watching regular golf. So uh, to be able to watch that and have a little bit more fun with it, it's always always a good time. Oh, yeah. The shit talking aspect is great. I mean, everybody involved, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady have both touched on how they're bringing their best shit talk game for the green. I, I mean, it's it's going to be fun. It's going to be entertaining. And if you've watched any of the last two years when they did the match, it, Tom is hilarious, but I hope he can golf a little bit better this year because he is yeah, 0 and 2 so far. I, I will say the weather conditions that I was at the first year, the I weather was, conditions were last year great. when it was just pouring rain. I think it was not that was the first year, I think. Okay, all right. I think that was that was the first year, but that was that was um Brady and uh, was it Mickelson. Brady and, and Mickelson versus Tiger and Peyton, I think. And then last year was Brady and Mickelson versus Rogers. Rogers and I forget it was my, it was uh, the Bryson DeChambeau. Bryson there you DeChambeau. Go. Um, so yeah, that's uh, yeah, it'll it'll be fun. It'll be fun to see, uh, especially since we have four amateur golfers now, no no professionals. <laughs> um, it, it it'll be fun to see, and it, it should be pretty funny. So oh yeah, absolutely. Well, ladies and gentlemen, 
That's just about going to do it for this week's episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Thank you so much to our live audience over on YouTube for checking in with us. Post notification squad, you are appreciated. And uh, shout out to everybody in the live chat really quick. NFL God, our buddy Adam Davies, the moderator holding it down. Willie Beeman also here. Charles Jansen hanging out with us. Neil. Uh, well, Neil just got here, but we are wrapping up. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Um, Adam Bub, NFL God, I think I already mentioned as well. Cy Roby. And uh, anybody else I forgot to mention, we truly do appreciate your support. Check out the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. Best place to go for updates on the show. And, of course, Buccaneer News as it happens. Speaking of Bucks News as it happens, you can f- uh, follow my co-host Evan on Instagram at Bucks underscore daily, the number one Buccaneers fan page on Instagram. I had to, I had to think about what I say after speaking of Bucks <laughs> News. Sometimes I space out on the intro. Sometimes it's autopilot and I don't even realize I'm saying <laughs> it. You can also find Evan on Twitter at EvanNFL and check out his written work at BucksNation.com. You got anything cooking this week? Uh, I should have something else coming out tonight. I have the Akeem, Akeem Hicks signing article up already, uh, but I should have something else coming out later tonight or early tomorrow. So be on the lookout for that. All righty. Last but not least, you can find myself, Instagram and Twitter at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T, A-K-U-S. If you follow me, I will follow you back within reason. Okay, I some you know what I'm talking about. You know, when people follow you on Twitter and like you don't want to follow them back because, well, you know, as well as anybody about not wanting to follow people back on social media. But I I don't know. I just feel like I feel like real life people are bots sometimes like. I I don't know. I'll I'll follow you back if you. Yeah, I'll, I'll follow you back. You, you'll um, follow a uh, fun fact. I actually, I didn't follow Rhett. We were doing the podcast for like three years. And I just, I never followed. I think it was longer before. than that. I think you and I have known each other since to like be 20, fair. 2013 or 14, almost yeah, 10 might, years at this it point. Might, it might've been, yeah, like 2014, but um, yeah, yeah. might've been, but to be fair, it's not like you use Twitter all that much before like 2017. Okay. No, th- that's the process, though. That's like I know, I know, I went through the happens. same thing. Every, yes, that's yes. literally how it works for everybody. Yes. You you yep. you sign up for Twitter, you look at it, and you're like, "Man, this is boring. This sucks." And then you delete it, and then you went forget away. about it for six months, and then you get the uh, get the itch to really download it again, and then all of a sudden you just can't escape. And then you have it on dark mode. Yes, yeah, that's yep. a that's a must. Yeah, I, every time I look at somebody else's Twitter that's on light mode, I'm like, I am blinded. <laughs> it's I'm like, like looking at not? headlights. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, go follow me on Twitter at Redicus. I put out a really cool thread on the 2010 Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the team that made me a diehard fan. Uh, it'd mean a lot if you go follow me and check it out. But that's the show, folks. I am your host, Rhett Matthew, signing off for my co-host, Evan Wanish. We will talk to you in the next one, our Cannon Fire Mailbag with Coach Sean King. Until then, and as always, go Bucks. Do you have that one piece of clothing you keep going back to no matter how full your closet is? Having a versatile, high-quality favorite feels great, but having a whole closet of them feels even better. American Giant puts the quality, durability, and comfort they're famous for into everything you need for your spring days. From premium t-shirts and jeans to lightweight French terry joggers and their legendary best hoodie ever. Whether you're dressing for work, the gym, or happy hour, you're sure to find your next closet go-to from American Giant. And it's all made in America and designed to last a lifetime. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's American-Giant.com, code S-T-A-P-L-E, 2-0.